Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dunkin' Dunkin' Action Podcast, where Dave and I talk all things professional wrestling. Wrestling. Now, I do apologize ahead of time. <clears throat> As you can hear, I'm slightly losing my voice. Oh, um, again. I, well, yeah, this actually is the second time I've lost my voice <laughs> since we've been doing this show. Dave's yeah. only lost it once, so yep. I still have that one up on him. Yep. Um, but we are going to be going over the February 21st edition of Friday Night SmackDown and 205 Live. Yeah. SmackDown was a good show. And so was 205 Live. 205 Live was a very good show. Yeah. Yeah. 205 Live does not get the credit it deserves. Nope. We will continue to preach that because it gets put in front of a, a tired crowd. Yes. Because they already had two and a half hours of wrestling because I, they do 30-minute dark matches. That's right. They do two hours of SmackDown. That's right. And then they jump right into 205 Live. Yep. They don't give them any break. Nope. And the thing is, is like even Julian last night when we were watching it, he was saying, he's like... Dad, why isn't this on TV? This is this is really good. Especially, I mean, we're going to get to the match. We're going to get to Oni Larkin and Danny Birch, and they're facing off against Brian Kendrick and uh, Ari Davari. Yeah. Which, dude, no holds barred. That's a real good tag team. It was such a good match, such a good tag team. And we got to see Danny Birch and Oni Larkin on NXT earlier this week. Yeah. And I'll tell you something right now. These two we, guys are great. When we do talk 205, after we're done talking SmackDown, there's a lot of tie-ins to NXT. Yeah. And it, it and it's yeah. working very seamlessly. It's working very nicely. But let us start with Friday Night SmackDown. Yeah. Um. Opens up with the Swoosos. The Swoosos. <clears throat> they come out and they cut a promo and talking about how they're one of the greatest tag teams. They're back in home on SmackDown. Um, they had a brand new shirt. Um, it was Oose uh, is the Juice, okay, or whatever. It was a <clears throat> it was a really good shirt. Um, it's got like a gold coloring to it. All right. Okay. Um, and then the New Day come out because they were like, "Who's a better tag team for us to join up with to take on uh, Miz and Morrison and Rude and Ziggler?" Yeah. And then the New Day come out, and then they have they have so much respect for each other. Um, Michael was saying this. They have so much respect for each other. Um, because they've had such good rivalries in the past. One thing Big E said, he got right in the face of the Usos and said, we're the seven-time champs. You're six-time champs. That means we're still better than you. And then I think it was, it might have been Jimmy or Jay, I'm not sure. They're, they're twins, I can't tell them apart. Yeah. Um, one of them said, well, I would have no problem going one more time with you to get our seventh championship. And then they get interrupted by uh, Miz and Morrison. And they're talking like, they came out and they had like a chant that they were doing. Uh, it was like Miz and Morrison are the best or whatever it was. And then uh, they introduce Ziggler and Rude. They come out. Um, it is exactly what you'd expect um, for a eight man tag. an eight-man tag between these, these four teams. Yeah. Um, ends up with a dub. Um, Usos uh, pin... Uh, uh, rude. Yep. Uh, with well, a super I mean, those kick. those are the those are the guys who are going to be involved in the finish of this match because neither of these guys or teams are really involved. No, New, New Day and um, neither the New Day nor the Miz and Morrison. Miz and Morrison can go into Saudi Arabia looking weak. Yeah, with a loss. Yeah. Um. Again, like you were saying, all eight of these guys, all four of these teams, look extremely strong in this match. Even for a team like Rude and Ziggler, who you know why they've relegated Robert Roode to being in these makeshift tag teams that he's been in since he left NXT. Wasn't he wasn't he stuck with uh, Gable? He was for with a bit? Gable where they both came out and did the whole glorious thing together. Yeah. And um, they both had robes and they were heels. Robes, yep. Um, um 
he's just been relegated to this tag team division, which makes no sense to me. Because he's such a great mid card guy. He is, and he could be a top card guy. But the thing is, is the WWE is way too top heavy. Oh yeah, that it's tough for someone like him. Like and Braun Strowman, who was in the title picture last year, is relegated to mid card right now. Shinsuke Nakamura relegated to mid card. Yep. Cesaro, Sami Zayn, relegated to mid card. Well, Sami Zayn's not relegated to anything except being a talking piece for other guys. Well, that's because he's hurt. I know, but I'm just saying that's where he's relegated. And then if you want, but go- it's good because he's a great talker. I know he's great in the in the ring, but not, don't just shelf him. I'm not saying anything about no, him I know. being a great talker. I'm just saying it's like he's not even in the mid card. He's less than the mid card. And then if you look on Raw, AJ Styles is in the mid card. He's not in the title picture right now. Yeah, yeah, he made that promo where he was talking about you know he'll challenge an ex WWE champion, whoever that may be. But yeah. he's still technically relegated to mid-card because we know the WWE title picture is one guy and that's Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre and that's it. Here, here Ricochet on, is mid-card but he's challenging for the title but yeah. he's going to get squashed. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be ugly. <laughs> it's going to be ugly. It's not going to be like these phenomenal 25 minute matches that he no. puts on a Survivor Series with these small guys like AJ Styles and uh, Daniel Bryan. And, no offense to Ricochet, but in the WWE, he is not that level. No, he's on not. On the independent yeah. scenes and in NXT, he was that level. Yeah. But he's never made it to the main title um, level in the E yet. No, not yet. Not yet. On You're the main right. roster. You're right. Um, up next, we had a tag team, another tag team What's match, it but it was the Symphony of Destruction. Yes. Where it opens up, <clears throat> Sami Zayn's walking out with a, uh, a violin or a ukulele. Cesaro's got a... Um, got a, a guitar cow- case. Okay. Elias comes out with his guitar, of course. And Braun Strowman walks out, flipped over his shoulder like it's a baseball bat. A double bass. He's awesome. This man and the belt looks so good on him. It does. It does. It fits him so well. I think that's why they changed the belt. The color. Because I feel like the new design, the more circular design, fits Braun Strowman. Fits Shinsuke Nakamura. I think Not it, so much the white strap, which I I associate the newer white strap IC title to uh, to Miz. Okay. To Kofi. Okay. To um, Dolph Ziggler. Okay. Those are the guys I associated See, with. See when I, it was way. I know that was the first design. Yep. Before they changed it to the the ovular belt. Yeah. Yep. That has the blue world in the middle. But that the newer IC belt, the white strap, the newer generation one, mm-hmm. those are the guys I associated with. I associate it when we're talking new generation, Cody Rhodes. Yes, that's, that's another the one. first name that pops into my head when I see that white champion because belt he was the first the, one with that. I, I think. believe he's the one that they did the transition with, yeah, during uh Dash and Cody Rhodes. Yes, so that is the first name I think of, and I almost feel like that's the first name. WWE thinks of that's kind of why they want to disassociate yeah exactly disassociate themselves from it so um this was a match played every single key not to make a pun here on music but hit every note every key the way it was supposed to that spot through putting was it Shinsuke yes I think it was putting Shinsuke through the grand piano yes what a spot yeah oh my god um Obviously, Strowman and then comes he rolled him back strong. in and pinned him again. Yeah, pinned the former IC champion who he won- who he defeated the belt. Yeah, for the belt. It's exactly. Yep. Um, up next was a moment of bliss. Yes, with now, the Bella Twins. Now, um, earlier this week, it was reported that Nikki and Bree and Bree was supposed to be on this with the Bella Twins. So, um, I did a little bit of reading. Nikki Cross is sick. 
She's actually ill. Oh, wow. That's why Killian Dane hasn't been on NXT. He was he missed NXT this week because he's been home taking care of her. Okay. So, obviously, here in the U.S., we've had a very bad strain of the flu. Yeah. And uh, we don't know if that's what she caught or whatever, yeah. but that is why she was removed. It wasn't anything that she did backstage. It wasn't the fact that they can't put two Nickies on a show together. I heard someone make that comment. No. no. Nikki Cross is was legitimately ill. Ill and subsequently had to miss this date so this way she could get better. It's simple as that. Yeah. And you know and it's what? understandable. Like when uh when Reigns was sick. Yeah. He was not off even TV. just not even just leukemia, but when he had the when he had the flu. Yeah. A lot of guys caught the flu and that's why he missed uh matches. Yeah. I mean, not everyone can be Michael Jordan and go out there and perform with the flu, you know and what I mean? And win a championship with the flu. And win a championship with the flu. I mean, not everybody can do that. So, you know, nothing to any rumors about her being on the outs or anything like that. No. From multiple reports that I've read, she was out ill. And it was confirmed by Killian Dane. So yeah. that's her husband. And I think there's a better source than that guy right there. So Yeah, so essentially this moment of bliss was just the Bella Twins coming out Puff, thanking Puff Peace. Yeah. Thanking the E for the nomination. Which I don't know how often they do this where they bring uh nominees for the uh Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame on to the shows before the Hall of Fame. Um, I, I it's wanna, very few and far between. I want to say that they've done it more often recently, the last few years. Didn't they do it with? Uh, what, is Batista going in this year? He's going in this year. He's going in this year. But they did it with DX last year. They had like their DX tour a little bit last year with the glow yeah. sticks and stuff. Um, but they were also building against that uh, Brothers Destruction match in Saudi. Yes. I, I know, but they were building towards something, but well, yeah. it just made sense. Yeah. Um, I really can't think of any other ones, to yeah. be honest with you. Nothing that, again, screams off the top of my head. I think yeah. ul- no, Ultimate Warrior was post-induction when he did the speech at yeah. at Monday Night Raw, and then he subsequently passed away like less than a month later or yeah. something like that. That's kind of eerie. Um, but it's nice to see these two people back on... Um, you know, WWE television. Yeah. Obviously. They're both pregnant. They're both pregnant. Um, and they're both going to be, along with Daniel Bryan. On, on backstage. On backstage next week. Which I'm definitely going to catch. Yeah. I mean, the, dude, all right. Tangent. I'm guilty of this one. Backstage this week with Keith Lee was, was phenomenal. phenomenal. Oh, my God. My so favorite. My good. favorite quote of this was, um, was it Renee that asked, who was your dream match? And then Mark Henry says, I'm retired. Yeah. Yeah. And Keith Lee lost it. Yeah. He could not hold in his laughter. See, as much as I enjoyed when the five of them were all sitting together, so it was Christian, Renee Young, (laughs) Paige. No, it was Booker T, Renee Young, um, Uh, Keith Lee. Keith Lee, Mark Henry, Henry, uh, Paige. Paige. So when the five of them were all sitting in there, right, that was good. The one-on-one with Mark Henry was Oh, what a, what a masterclass right there in in actual like journalism, Interview. and interviewing, and stuff like that. The single fact that the name Bam Bam Bigelow was brought up in that interview harkens back to me exactly who Keith Lee reminds me of. He reminds me of the Beast from the East. Keith, uh, Keith Lee and Bam Bam Bigelow have very similar traits, not yeah. move sets, because I mean. Growing up, Bam Bam Bigelow was always a heel, so I, as a child, never rooted for him. But now that I can go back and I can watch this stuff, 
Dude, Bam Bam Bigelow was doing moonsaults as a 300-pounder before anybody ever thought of it. Mm-hmm. And yes, he did bring up Yokozuna, and Yokozuna does a lot of those where he the was- second rope. The second drops. rope stuff. But nobody was like Bam Bam Bigelow, and nobody is like Keith Lee. Oh, Keith no. Lee's in a league of his yeah. own. So I'm happy that these backstages have been as good as they've been. But I really want to see CM Punk on this week's backstage with the Bellas and Brian there. And I want to see if they can build something between Brian and Punk. That's that would what be I really see. good. You that would be I mean? really, really good. So, and Speaking speak- of Brian, yeah, exactly. the, uh, the next segment was uh, Daniel Bryan came down to the ring. Uh, Drew McIntyre offered to show the former WWE champion a PowerPoint presentation um, to say what Brian's... Drew McIntyre, no. Drew, uh, Gulak. Drew Gulak. I was going to say it. McIntyre. No, he just wants to do Claymore kicks and, w- and kill everybody yeah. with the Claymore kick. Gulak... Um, was saying that was trying to show Brian all of his in ring mistakes why yeah. he lost the fiend. Yeah, um, I mean Brian hasn't been the same. Brian, no, the fiend changes people. Correct. Period. Yep. Um, Brian shoots down to the ring and absolutely demolishes Heath Slater a second week in a row. Yeah, I know. I mean, what's Slater's position right now in this company? Squash, squash guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's he's at least, how's this? Out of the three MB, at least he's getting on TV. Yeah. Because uh, where's Jinder hurt? You know yeah, I mean, up next was a number one contendership match. This was a good match for Super Showdown. This was a good we match. we were incorrect by thinking that there wasn't going to be a women's match on Super Showdown. Nope. Um, Naomi defeats Carmella. Good match. Naomi against Bailey at Super Showdown. I thought there was going to be a bigger build for Naomi versus Bailey because I thought it was going to be building to Tampa to Tampa because Naomi's from Florida. I thought that's where the build was going to go. I don't think they're going to do it that way because Naomi's from Orlando. That's why they had her win it in Orlando. No, regardless, no, no, I, know, though, I know what you're saying. Still gonna get a pop. You're you're down yeah. in her home state. You yeah, know I mean? as big as Florida is, it is still her home state. Yeah, that's Tampa. like John Cena will get pops in in Boston, in Boston in a, but he's next week, from, right? Yeah, next week, uh, SmackDown's in Boston. He's yeah. gonna get. Such and he's a gonna pop. be there. Yeah, that's why they're putting him there. Exactly. Um, he'll be on the uh, the Raw after the Raw after Mania. He'll be so. Not the Raw after Mania, but the week after is in Providence. Yeah, so he'll be on that show. Yeah. Which is another, yeah. It's just what they're going to do. another New England town. Exactly. And just like Florida, New England's a very tight-knit area. Oh, yeah. As as big as those areas are, you know, here in New England, we have Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts. Florida is a long state. It takes 12 hours pretty much to just go from the top, from to, top Florida, to bottom. Yeah. Bottom. But regardless, th- there's still a community there. Oh, so yeah. she's going to get a pop if this match happens again. In Florida. Oh, without a doubt. So we'll see what happens. Um, I do like seeing her put to the forefront. Yeah. Um, and this isn't to do anything, you know, socio political or anything like that, but it's nice to have her as a contrast to Bailey because she's like a super, super, super face at this point. And yeah. Bailey is just this super, super, super menacing heel. And I'm gonna be very interested to see how they do the entrance for her in Saudi, considering how colorful her stuff is all the time. Yeah. Because they kept the entrance pretty the thing bland where last year. Last year, the entrance, uh, the match turned Lacey Evans' face. Yes, there is no way in hell that Bailey turns face from this. Absolutely not. No, Absolutely because not. Bailey is going to be extremely heinous in this match towards, er- and it's going to turn her heel even more. Yeah, I think so. Oh, 100 percent. So they just need to leave it the way it is. Um, final segment: Goldberg and the Fiend meet face to face. This is what I have an issue with. This. Nope. They should not have had a face to face until Saudi Arabia. So, I sat back and I have thought about everything The Fiend has done since he's come into the WWE. So, he's changed people, right? Mm-hmm. And he seems to grow in immunity 
to somebody's finisher once he's been attacked with it. The he got hit with the stomp once. Stomp once and like cowered and got away. Yeah, and then the all, running knee. Then all of a sudden, the he's, next time, it didn't affect him. Okay, so that's where that's, that's where the spear comes he in. He hit the spear. Yep. He's not going to fall to the spear again. He's going to get speared. Pop up. Pop right up. And that's and it. Mandible, that is uh, that is it. Sister Abigail, Abigail Mandible, Mandible Claw. That is done. it. <laughs> And I and I was thinking about it on my drive up here to do this recording, and I'm like, it makes the most sense because he got hit with the running knee. Yep. And then the next time he got hit with it, didn't affect them. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. When they had their match, he got hit with the running knee, and he sold it a little bit, but he still kicked out at one. Yeah. The difference is the second time he got hit with the running knee, it didn't affect them at all. Yeah. Just like the second time he got hit with the stomp, it didn't affect them at all. What I, as what, far as on TV, whatever they do on their house shows is completely different. What I'm going to find interesting is that Goldberg is not going to hit a jackhammer during this match he, at he, all. No, no. <clears throat> What's going to happen is the way I – again, WWE, if you do listen, this is how you book this match. Yeah. Five-minute entrances, however you want to do it, Yeah. 40-second match. Oh, Goldberg yeah. hits his spear – does his little thing where he just jumps and he kind of looks into the camera like he's like flexing and stuff. And as soon as he turns around, it's into his sister Abigail, into the mandible claw. The referee's got to stop the match because Goldberg's not responding from the mandible claw. Yeah. Period. Done. Match over. 40 and the, seconds. And after that, the fiend, once he calls for the bell, the fiend just lets go and backs up and yep. he just slides back. He slides like Tadiri back. Tadiri yep. used to do. Well, and like he'll he's done in his other matches. And too. he'll just laugh. Yes. All you'll hear is him laughing. Yes. That is how you want to book this match. Goldberg's <coughs> entire career has been built on quick matches. His entire career. So he's going to lose on a quick match. He has to. It has to be done that way. One, it gives the, again, it gives the Fiend a monstrous rub, which, again, will then pay it forward when the Fiend finally loses to somebody, okay? Yeah. That rub will then transfer to whoever's next because mm-hmm. history history follows. History repeats itself, yeah. Exactly. And two, it essentially will keep people talking about wait if Goldberg can't do this if who can really who is going to stop the fiend because the Goldberg is this all powerful guy who stopped everybody he stopped the NWO he stopped Brock Lesnar he stopped Kevin Owens when Kevin Owens was on his run you know what I mean so this is going to be interesting again that is how it should be booked yeah up next 205 Live yes very good show again it's a quick show it's an uh, it's an hour with commercials and stuff like that. So it's like t- front to back, forty-two minutes or so. Exactly, and it's so good. Julian, like I said, my son, he commented yesterday why this isn't on TV. <laughs> why it's that we have to switch over to the WWE Network to watch this, and I understand why because three hours of television on Fox is very tough to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Y- the only things that really do that are World Series games, uh, NASCAR, and Super Bowls. Pretty much it. Everything else doesn't take up three hours of TV on Fox. Mm-hmm. So, um, starts off with a match between two guys who tagged up earlier this week, Raul Mendoza and Joaquin, Joaquin Wild. And, and this, I feel like, was more of a friendly competition match. It was, except for when you get to the end of the match, when Mendo- Mendoza goes over on Wild. Now, Mendoza hits um, this unbelievable, like, hurricane, not hurricane runner, um, Inseguri kick when he's coming off the ropes. He just absolutely cleans out the Wild. Thing. Wild. No, no, no. The wild thing is walking wild's finish. Okay. What I don't know what Mendoza's finisher's name, but it's like some kind of again, Insiguri. He hits him flush. Wild's done. One, two, three. Well, last week when Wild beat Mendoza, 
Wilde went over, shook his hand, picked him up, helped, you know, open the rope so he could get out of the ring. Kind of a, a younger statesman respecting to an older statesman. Yeah. Mendoza, not so much. <laughs> kind of just looks back at Wilde like, yeah, you know what? You know your place now and just walked <laughs> out of the ring. Yeah. Very interesting dynamic considering, A, Wilde showed the respect a couple of weeks ago. Then, B, they tagged together and lost in pretty decisive fashion. Yeah. Now, C, you've got this. This is going to allow you to continue to build these two characters whichever way you want it to go. You know what I mean? Are we going to go a best of three? Are we going to go a best of five? I mean, technically, yeah, it's 50-50 booking right now. But the way this 50-50 booking is being done, it's being done very well because you're having a guy in Raul Mendoza who's been a face on 205 Live now slightly changing the trajectory of his character so this way that you can build wild as the face above him. And I I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Next match, man. I I can't stand the Singh brothers personally, uh, but they're funny. They were good with... Gender. Yes, they were when they first introduced, right? And they now, were first introduced. No, they they were the Sing Brothers then. Uh, no, they were first introduced as the Bollywood Boys in okay. NXT. They were a tag team. Okay, and then they went to Two Hundred Five Live, and then when Gender started getting a rub, they joined him. Okay, as his like cohorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once Gender got hurt, they fell back into Two Hundred Five Live NXT as okay. squashers. All right, so as squishies. So and then and then they were in the twenty four seven stuff for a bit. Yeah. Um. So f- for comic relief, they're good. Do you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I, I enjoy the fact that, you know, they come down and they do the little dances and they take <coughs> eight minutes of time in order to even get in the ring and get themselves set up. Yeah. But the real take in this is that before this match started, they showed an interview with Man of the Hour. Um, uh, why can't they? Uh, Leo Rush. Leo Rush. Um, at After his match in NXT. And you see Tyler Breeze leaving and saying, hey, man, that was a hell of a match. You should hold your chin up. You know, that was a good match. And basically, your rush is like, dude, I don't want to hear it. And he walks away from him. Rush heel. Possibly rush running heel. Possibly. So what they were doing was what they were talking about is how, you know, Breeze has really put himself into the 205 title picture because mm-hmm. he's consistently performing and that we may be seeing him and the champion, Devlin, facing each other again which would be really fun because their first match was really good. I enjoyed their first match. And maybe this may be the way um, to continue to give more rubs to Devlin and to that 205 title. Um, this match went the way it was supposed to. Yeah, you Breeze know, over. Breeze goes over on the Singh brother, on Samir. Um, obviously, Sunil tries to get involved. Oh, yeah. He gets taken out of the match. Um, and Breeze just kind of walks off. You know, he's the he's the victor. It is what it is. Another win. And if, they, and if they're trying to count these wins as something, you know, Breeze was on a winning streak until he lost a couple of weeks ago. Then he lost in the title match. <clears throat> now he's winning another match. Mm-hmm. And again, build him back up so this way Peaks maybe and valleys. maybe you can create another fatal four way and involve an elder statesman of the division in that kind of match. Yeah, just a thought process. Yeah, main event. Oh my! Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch versus Brian Kendrick and Ari Davari in a street fight. Oh man, dude, this match. Stole started right away. Oh yeah, right away. This this match may have stole the show from SmackDown because oh, that's yeah. how good this match was, yeah. man. There was chairs, there were table spots, there were ladders. It was out of control. Vari took a took a bump to the ladder in the corner. He went face first. He ate the full ladder. Referees going over, making sure that they squeeze in his thumb and stuff. Um, only Larkin took a bump from Brian Kendrick. They had a table set up. And Kendrick did like some kind of Samoan sideways drop onto the table. Just such a brutal, brutal, brutal match. You can tell that these characters 
hate each other. Oh yeah, it worked so well. Um, obviously, you wanted you you got what we wanted out of this. Lorcan and Birch going over. Exactly, <clears throat> you wanted them going over because you want the faces to finally put these these heels who have kind of been running the show now for about four or five weeks in their place. Yeah. It puts them there. Now, do I think this feud's over? I don't no. think so. I think something's going to end up happening between um, the, these four guys again. When it'll happen, maybe they'll wait a week to, to get everything reinvolved. But man, this was such a good they match. They could be written off TV with injuries, with like bu- beaten up so much from the match. Yeah. <clears throat> Who knows? All I know is it was so good. Go and watch this. I mean, this is a street fight that doesn't. It, it, it's not going to get any talking points anywhere else. No. I mean, nobody else really talks about the 205 division, or at least 205 Live. It is a match you have to watch. Simple yeah. as that. Simply put, it, it's one of those things, and people should be spending more time watching this because, like I said, my son, he he doesn't watch a ton of wrestling. He really watches it with me. Uh, we're not able to watch it on Mondays because on um, Monday nights, it's a little too late. Not able to watch it on Wednesdays. It's a little too late. They're on school vacation this week. I got them last night, and guess what? He wanted to watch it, and that's what we watched. And then also we watched uh, Keith Lee versus Dijak. From oh, he was uh, he such a good match. He's just sitting there, mouth gaped the entire time. Lexi's yeah. sitting there, mouth gaped the entire time. Can't believe that it, again in the first sixty seconds of that match, Keith Lee hits a Hurricane Rana. That's oh, all I'm gonna yeah. say. So final segment, Captain's Challenge next week. <clears throat> Two hundred five live original Tony Nice yep. is gonna pick four partners. To go against NXT Cruiserweight Division, Leo Rush, Captain, and four um, of his people bodies. of his choice, yeah. uh, choosing. Um, former Cruiserweight, uh, former NXT Cruiserweight champions will go one on one next week to uh, in a captain's match. Yep. So Leo Rush and Tony, Tony Nese will go one on one, and that's gonna be good. That's I, gonna I, that I, match I, is gonna happen next month. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait for those two to get in a match together because. Nice borderlines on that 205 where... He is 205 pounds. Yeah, exactly. And Leo Rush is at like 170 soaking wet. Yeah. So it, very big contrast in styles. Yeah. It's um, going to be Leo Rush running around the ring and Tony Nese just brawling. Yes, exactly. And but, muscle holds. Yes. And all that. Yeah. But that basically finishes this episode off. Yes. Um, very quick one tonight. Well, you only um, have two shows to cover. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that basically finishes this up, uh, this us off. Um, obviously go follow us over on Instagram and Facebook. We've been posting a lot more now. If you've been noticing, we've been posting albums of the day, um, a little bit about the show. Yep. Um, but this basically wraps this up. Obviously reach out to us if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or otherwise. Um, this has been a double doink production. I have been Josh. I have been Dave. And we have two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out.